Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio. Educate, enlighten, entertain. And today on Cool Your Heels with Claudia, our special guest is Aaron McCormick, excuse me, who wrote a book called Unbound Journey to Your Within. So good afternoon, Aaron. How are you today? Hello, Lillian. I am well. How are you? I am fine. Could you please give a little background information to the listener so they can understand how you reached writing a book about Unbound? Yes, sure. The, so the book is Unbounded, Journey to Your Within. And it largely came about after um, you know, two decades of corporate success despite having a lot of perceived strikes against me. Um, being a minority, I'm black. I was raised by a single mom on the south side of Chicago, which happens to be the murder capital. I was raised in a high-control Christian religious cult that highly frowned upon me being associated with personal expansion, like college degrees or climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, Even personal choices uh, were highly restrictive. This is kind of the extremism of taking the Bible overtly, literally. Uh, So I had that going against me. And by the age of 22-ish, I was making half a million dollars a year um, selling enterprise software, very complex software, to CEOs, uh, chief information officers, so CIOs, chief marketing officers, so the C-suite, the senior most executives of companies, Fortune 500. Uh, These are one-year, two-year sales cycles that comprise potentially hundreds of employees' input, so very, very complex sales cycles. Um, I had no college degree. And I was one of the best, and if not the best, in almost every company that I worked at, um, starting at about 23 years old. Uh, by 20, by um, you know, in my later in my career, I ended up being awarded Best of IBM, which is the top 1% of 400,000 employees. I earned seven figures in in a single year. So it's just been an interesting journey, commercially as well as personally. Uh, I eventually awakened in terms of stepping into the things that were truly inside of me instead of succumbing to the fear outside of me. Um, and I left that high-control religious cult. And, I, you know, none of my family has met any of my children. For example, I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and one on the way. Um, and I knew that that would be the repercussions because that's part of the teachings of this particular extreme religion. And there's many of them out there that also take the Bible super literally because these principles are actually in parts of the Bible. But the point is, whether it's personal, uh, familial, uh, you know, my career and decisions that seem to belie the stimulus around me that might have said, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, or you don't belong there, or do the things that other people in your family or other parts, people around you have done, so on. I've somehow followed the intuition inside of me, believing and knowing that it's more painful to be in conflict with yourself than it is to be in conflict or dissent against your external environment, whether it's your peers, your community, your sex, your nationality, your race, all these different things. You can't run from yourself, but you can separate from external energies that are not necessarily congruent. You know, you can, you can separate without judging, so to speak. So the premise of the book is after so much of this and always kind of drawing people even in business settings where they would start 
bringing out very personal questions or concerns, uh, challenges that they're facing that might be humongous to them. And, and I would ask very incisive questions that allow them to get to their truth that has been elusive for so long because they either didn't have the courage to ask the questions, didn't think about asking them, or just wasn't being honest. Who knows why? But these very incisive questions help them get to their answers, and, and, and that's the best place we can be is, is where we, we don't have this internal conflict. So I just decided rather than do this onesie twosie with people that have I've helped people change careers. People make go from low income to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. People get out of you know non-productive, sometimes even abusive relationships. People just step into their own truth and power. I decided why not do that in a more macro way, and play these principles forward, pay them forward, if you will. And it's just composed of things, Lillian, that we all actually know and have experienced. That's why it's called journey to your within, but they haven't quite necessarily become a conscious awareness yet. We haven't connected the dots on them. So it's a way of taking you through and challenging you to go through not only the experiences, but your energy in certain experiences, and to even intellectually view them from a totally different perspective to uncover huge gems or lessons that teach you things about you that then allow you to, as you progress forward, to be with less fear in various circumstances, to be more trusting in your heart or spirit, your intuition, the thing that isn't necessarily been shaped by everything else around you. Because your mental fears, your mental constructs, your, your mental goals, all the, most of what animates us is external energy that has shaped us. But the subconscious is what actually is running the show. And if we've allowed those things to rule our subconscious, then we're actually being run by things that are foreign to us. So the premise of the book is there's a lot of binders we have, we all have, that are unique to us, and a binding is simply something that is actually incongruent. It's, it's not cohesive with your natural essence, but it's been adopted. It's been absorbed. It's been assimilated over time and through various entities to become your own, and it doesn't fit. And so we wonder why we have lack of fulfillment or we have struggle in various areas or, or we think we've accomplished what we thought we set out to accomplish and we're still unfulfilled. Well, that's, again, more evidence of binders or things that restrict the true thing that we're here for, the true things that give us joy, the true things that we really care about and stand for um, but have morphed over time. A lot of things that you said ring very, very true. I also believe that people are what they are because they follow the concepts and the routes that have been ordained by society and culture. It's a lot easier to go with the herd than to look at your inner self and determine, well, maybe I'm going to do what's best for me personally rather than what is best for everybody else around me. So I find your concept very, very interesting. And also it's true. If you do not know who your inner self is, you will be in a lot more conflict with yourself about what you want to do than if you just follow what has been already prescribed for you. So with the book, have you um, gotten anybody really involved to pick up your book, read it, and then try out and accept the challenges that your book 
brings up to them so they can sort of move forward with their innermost journey? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the inboxes, fan mail, if you will, and even the reviews on, uh, you know, the book retailers talk all about that, where people feel like they're looking in their own mirror because the book really is not an autobiography. It's not a memoir. There are examples I give of myself and how I did the same things, how I connected my own dots, I, you know, things that might have always been in front of me or things that have happened that, um, that I now realize how they serve me and find, you know, identify ways to extract hugely valuable uh, lessons that would help me going forward. So people give me that feedback all the time that has uh, been super transformational or super comforting, and it's, it's, uh, it's like looking at themselves, which is really the whole point. You know, the point is there's so many things out there that, um, you know, in the self-help space, there's mantras, there's someone else telling you how to be and how to think and feel, and that's, that's foreign to you. So it's an academic thing that you're taking in, and we just talked about how the mind, since we've been born, is shaped by the things that it is experiencing. But when the toddler is pre-shaped, so to speak, before they've been taught how they must be as male, female, or as a color, or as a, you know, whatever, the different good girl, bad girl, all these different things, boy, et cetera, there's an essence that is there before that. So uh, in the process of reading the book, rather than me giving you purely uh, technical information on a given topic, which that's, that's important, right? So there are things that we may want to go and learn how to sell better. So I talk about, for example, in business, how everything is sales, but I weave in there how empathy is the most natural thing that we have or one of the most natural things that we've all had since being toddlers and we break that down and how the best salespeople, the best CEOs, the best leaders are hugely empathetic. And how, how does that manifest itself? Or how is that proven practically, even in a guy like me that had no education, so to speak, and no experience, but yet has always been highly empathic? Now, there's some critical thinking there too, but ultimately what enabled me to be top salesman at 22 when my peers are 35, uh, white, mostly male, have higher education, and I'm the complete opposite of all the above, except male, of course, and, and yet I'm, you know, outselling them. So I'm, I'm, there's some technical aspects, particularly there in business, but the rest of it is really about your own experience because experience is the best teacher, and once you go through your own journey and you connect your own dots, that's much more sticky because it's your experience, and now you've – in fact, you know, I was interviewed, uh, Lillian, by – I was the only person interviewed by this particular prominent hypnotherapist, I was the only guest that was not a hypnotherapist because she felt that the book uniquely reprograms the subconscious or helps you go into subconscious patterns and ways without actually going under. And that's really the whole point. So, yes, absolutely, that is, that is the common feedback is, um, you know, I, I fixed this or I changed that or I looked at this differently and, I, and now, you know, that doesn't, played me like it used to. So, yes, there's a lot of that feedback. So how would you apply it to say, okay, you have two kids, right? And there are other people who have children, of course. I mean, I have three grandchildren. How would you introduce kids like that to your concept so that by the time they 
say, get out of high school, for example, that they're already fully formed and fully aware of what they need to do and are ready to accomplish what they need to do. So how would they, how would you go about something like that? I'm just curious because I think that it's good for kids to know themselves internally before they go Mm -hmm. out and encounter whatever outside in the wide world. It's a great question. Some of these principles we try to instill in our kids, but at the same time parents are typically teaching and being the exact opposite. So the thing that we typically try to instill in our kids is to live your truth or to don't succumb to peer pressure. All all these, um, you know, personal strength sort of things we try to help them to have, you know, stand up to bullies, you know, things like that. But interestingly, we are shaping them in a way that is almost completely our own agenda, biases, fears, experiences, and it's natural. So it's not something we intentionally are doing wrong necessarily, but it's just the pattern that we tend to do. And uh, the way to contradict, not contradict, but the way to combat that, that natural tendency of projecting our experiences, our fears, our preferences, our goals for them onto them is to hold space where you observe, you observe the child, and you put them around as many things that interest them, and you match their energy. So as they are deeply into something, you, you match that. As they don't really care about something, you can match that too. But we tend to, no, 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 you, you have to go, you have to be good at science, you have, because that's going to help you to become a doctor. They have no interest in science. They're more artistic. But our fear, our mind has told us, you can't make money in art, or this is guaranteed happiness because you'll be wealthy, or I was insecure. I'm not talking about me personally, but I, the parent, you know, I'm an immigrant, and, and, I, and I always have to prove myself, and I don't want you to have to do that. So I want you to have all these accolades. There's all kinds of little things that we're, we're mainly matching our own energy, and so we're actually one of the biggest binders on our children. We introduce them because they absorb what it is that we're about in our, in our family, in our culture, in our community, they absorb all that, as opposed to letting them freely as they go about and get exposure to various things. You just observe, you intently observe, and then you match where they are. That allows them to be their true authentic self and to freely gravitate to where they want to be and, and, and where things that they chafe at support them in that chafing. So if the kid, if I'm a father and I love baseball and my kid is like no, no to baseball, and then, and then I don't push him on it. And then if other kids are super into it, I then support them and say, you know, son, you don't have to play baseball. Just because they're all playing it, that's okay. It's okay for them. But there's other things you can do if you don't really like it. It's okay. Don't feel bad because you don't like it. So it's very easy when we really slow down and think through this principle to help our children become their most authentic self. And, of course, we all know that the most, you know, fulfilled, in, internally joyful, contagiously joyful, successful, inspirational people happen to have these stories where they attribute their success and competency, whatever it is that they're doing, to simply following their instinct or their heart regardless of the external forces around them, and they end up belying 
the pressures, and that's kind of the whole purpose, I think, of life in general is that we have this, you know, we go into this very physically dense state, and it's vying for control, and that's the stuff that goes in the mind. And then the spirit is what we were before we learned anything at all, and that's the actual thing that actually knows everything that we're here to do, but we get all these other new things that are introduced that really um, suppress us. But it's ironic that we all know that people who follow the heart uh, against all logic, even in some cases, end up having the most inspirational, encouraging, and fulfilled personally lives um, versus those that have said, this is what I'm supposed to be. This is what my mind or logic has told me will go well for me, so I'm just going to do it. We, we end up seeing those people seemingly have it, having it all, but they are completely stressed because it's not a match for them, and they, they got too much invested. They can't switch. You know, they're overworked. They're missing other aspects of their life that they care a lot about, but they feel they want to feel good inside because I have what's envy, right? I actually have the external respect or the external things, but, but that was kind of a, a missing or a moving target. So I hope that answers your question about how we can, you know, support our children. And help them to, yeah. What I found was I pretty much told my son, I said, I'm not going to hand you all the garbage that I was saddled with out for the last three, 4,000 years. I said, you are more than capable of accumulating your own garbage. You don't need <laughs> right. what was or what had been. So, and, and I didn't do it. And then the other thing I find, and you seem to collaborate with me on that, is the people who go and follow their heart and do what they want become more successful than the ones who are told what they need to do or should do, and the expectations are already in place that they should be successful. I, right. And I uh, applied that to myself because when I came through, I'm a 50s kid, so I'm 69. And when I came through school, I fell through the cracks. So nobody expected anything of me, and yet I hit a very high pinnacle. And I'm very happy about it as compared to some of the others who were predicted and made much of that they'll become ABC one, two, three, and that if they did it, they're not happy about their success, or if they fall short, they don't know really how to be at peace with themselves. Right. And right. I find yeah. that fascinating. Yes. No, I was just agreeing with you, uh, Lily, and I had the same experience. I mean, I was in high school, College wasn't really an option. Again, this is part of the fundamentalist, high-control religion I was in, and that's uh, also fundamentalist Christian. You know, the, the idea was if the perfect, most perfect human, the only perfect human, Jesus, did not avail himself to being the best attorney or being the best king. He was a lowly carpenter while he focused on God's kingdom, so to speak. A Christian would follow that. That's what Christ-like is. So they heavily pounded it into you that uh, you just need to make a meager income, and higher education is foolishness. And there are scriptures that even talk about that, that the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. There's a lot of these things that were literally heavily impressed upon us. So college was not an option. And <clears throat> as I looked at my peers who were super scholastic, getting scholarships, 
there's no there's no question that by 21, I was probably I have no way of knowing every single one of those big class 450 500 students of probably the most the highest earning by 22 and for who knows how long I held that maybe I still do I don't know of the whole class and because they're just getting out of college by 22 ish and and here I had you know three four years in an industry that very much aligned with who I actually was inside in the sense that consulting helping uh, critical thinking you know empathy played a huge role and so I I found something that more closely aligned with my essence and and I ran with it and I did not believe that anything was a limiting factor other than me like it was just a natural thing I wasn't there was no mantra nobody told me to be this way I just was this way and, and some of us are wired to be heavily connected to source to that internal spark uh, more than usual and then most of us are much more uh, mind-based and you know lefties righties that's just one example that's not absolute doesn't mean righties are not overly I can't be really connected and spiritual many of them are and not all lefties are this way but but that whole the whole um, you know ratios I guess of people that are naturally wired this way versus um, we we tend to be much more controlled by our environment well that's evident even when you mentioned as we both talked about those that are highly uh, famous or successful in business or in other forms of uh, you know arts you name it leadership they those are the rare ones that if they've done it at a very young age that is the only difference is their channel the channel the clarity of the channel to their internal essence how clear is that some of us have it more fuzzy than others and that's that's and the world has increased the amount of programming especially on the young ones to make it even more fuzzy so to the extent that we can just understand that and be more clear have a clearer channel more congruent within there are no limitations so that's another reason for the title of the book unbounded because once you don't have these artificial binders these bindings that are suppressing your fluidity your movement things that you will or won't do because you're worried about how it'll be perceived because of how it's typically perceived um, or, or how the outward world says that you can or can't or should or shouldn't or what's acceptable what isn't or even the career the, the career path the, the mates we select there's so much there's so many decisions that become hijacked by these bindings but what's interesting is that when you learn yourself more and respect yourself meaning that internal spark that internal force the unspoken words that tell you the answer in every situation you immediately know whether it's in line with you energetically whether it's vibrational alignment and then in those same moments a flood of calculations happen where you are calculating if I dissent in this situation and follow this internal thing what's the re what are the repercussions and they're almost always more immediate and seem much more fearful than the repercussions of suppressing that voice you suppress the voice you kind of get a little prick and you kind of like uh oh, I wish I would have said more uh, it's not quite how I feel but it's no big deal so that's much smaller than uh, you know the supposed conflict ooh you know that's scary with my friends or 
oh, no, my mom's not going to be proud of me, my dad, or, you know, oh, oh that's going to mean I'll lose my job. If I, so all these, so we gradually suppress, suppress, suppress to the point where we're just completely misaligned and we're completely bound. And more fear comes because when you, are, when you have that clear channel and you've learned how your essence doesn't steer you wrong, you may think it does, but ultimately it's serving you. When you realize the perfection of your journey and how even the bad stuff has served you, you have less fear going forward. And less fear means less division. It means less offense. You get offended a lot less. So you're less threatened. The next thing you know, external conflict is super minimized. So really the whole world would be a lot better place if we were more connected within instead of super programmed on the outside and therefore we've got all this conflict inside, we've got all these fears, we've got all this dissent that, you know, with ourselves that's battling and so then we take other things, you know, yeah, it's just a, it's a snowball effect. I, we have run out of time, Aaron, but I will definitely have to bring you back because there's a lot of things of what you're saying that I feel are important for the audience to hear, especially the young ones who really need to know that the less restraint they have on who they are on the inside, they have more of a chance of success on the outside. And that is something that is not taught and is something that most adults and educators would be very upset for kids to learn, whether they're in junior high or in high school, because it gives them too much power over where they're going to do and what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. Yeah, and that's really sad because, you know, I talk about this in the book as well regarding the best leaders. A, A good leader, teacher or otherwise, they really view themselves as temporary stewards of a sleeping giant, meaning they know that this individual is their peer and then some. It's not you're always behind me because I know more than you or I'm, I'm this big title in my company or whatever it is. They, they're humbly aware of where they've been and how little they still currently know. And so they're a student of life themselves, and they're privileged to be a temporary steward. If teachers felt that way, they would be the main ones that are really attentive to, the, to, their, to their students to understand their energy and to give, give them little kernels that support whatever that energy is, help them in their, you know, preferences and in things that really chafe at them, support them, not hammer in their head, no, you've got to be good, you've got to, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, that's Yeah, that's oh, I know. It was, it was a big performance during the 50s and uh, 60s. So, Aaron, please tell everybody where they can find you on the World Wide Web, where they can find your book, and anything else you feel that they ought to know. Sure. Well, the book is on all your typical retailer sites. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. I think it's on Walmart, maybe some other ones. And to get in touch with me, it's AaronMcCormick.com, also UnboundedBook.com, either one. Uh, there's a, a pop-up will happen. You can chat with me. You can schedule directly onto my calendar. There's something you want to discuss in either of these big three areas of life, right? It's self. There's, these are the big three parts of the book, self, career, love, and relationships. But all of these go back to you. 
and how do you better understand you? So you can schedule a chat. You can uh, uh, inquire. You can also find me on social media. It's the Aaron McCormick on Instagram and on uh, Facebook. Great. Thank you all very much for listening. You can hear this program all over again on https colon forward slash forward slash passionateworldtalkradio.com forward slash Lillian hyphen Caldwell. There's a menu on the right-hand side as well. Just look for Cool Your Heels and click on it. It'll take it there. You can also hear it on youtube.com forward slash TWR network underline TWR talk, twitter.com forward slash Pats the Giants, Facebook.com forward slash Lillian Call 35, Spreaker, iHeart, iTunes, Amazon Alexa, and all other social media websites. And before you go away and say, Sam Ford, have this to say in 1805, we would please in society, we must be prepared to be taught many things we know already by people who do not know them. Thank you all very much for joining us, and remember, stay healthy. Thank you. Are you looking for an Internet talk radio station for your podcast? Look no further. At the helm of Passionate World Talk Radio are two women that want to provide a spot for you and your podcast to be heard. There are many other places for your podcast, but PWTR has the audience. You will not be disappointed. Our station has been on the Internet for the past 16 years. Call us for more information, 484 484- Three six four one zero three two. Our text Jeannie White, station manager at T H E C O N N E C T S H O W at gmail dot com for our podcast show details. Thank you for listening to Passionate World Talk Radio. You can listen to this program all over again by going over to https colon forward slash forward slash passionateworldtalkradio.com. You can also hear it on Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon A-L-E-X-A, amfm247.com, every Tuesday evening between 8 and 9 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, and all the other podcast directories one can find on the Internet.